Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez. My name is Abvir. Periodically on this very program, we do a series within a series that we call Living Legend. Living Legend is our series where we go in-depth on the lives and careers of some of the great women and non-binary wrestlers still doing it today. Past installments have covered people like Emmy Sakura, Mercedes Martinez, Veda Scott. This week, we are going south, so, <laughs> south, southeast, and then just keep going, keep going. So, more southern than you can, more eastern than you can. We are going down under to profile, I'm going to say it right off the bat, and then I'll explain, we'll take the next hour to explain why. The greatest woman wrestler to ever come from the country of Australia, Madison Eagles. This is what I brought you, this you can keep. This is what I brought you, may forget me. I promise to depart, just promise one thing. Kiss my eyes and lay me to sleep. What I brought you, this you can keep This is what I brought you, may forget me I promise you my heart, just promise to sing Kiss my eyes and lay me to sleep Yeah, I don't feel like you're gonna get a, a whole lot of pushback there Yeah, um, fight me, I dare you For a white boy uh, but, you know, there are some phenomenal women's wrestlers that have come out of Australia. But you have had the career, the longevity, the impact of Madison Eagles. You have had the, like, globe-spanning impact that she has had while still remaining, like, what? Like, virtually only in independent wrestling. Um and being responsible for what is still the only women's all women's promotion to have run in Australia, um, the people she has trained have has trained and worked alongside of in the beginning of her career and in the, in the midpoint of her career, many of them went on to like bigger spotlights, but few have had the like longevity and career that she still maintains. So yeah, I don't I don't see a whole lot of controversy in that statement. That's the thing. Make a list of your five or ten favorite greatest best women to come out of australia and odds are madison's already trained like half of them <laughs> half the names on that list they're there because of madison so even by proxy she deserves to be number one at the top of the pyramid there there isn't women's wrestling in australia and there aren't like australian women wrestlers making larger impacts they, uh, you know, worldwide without Madison Eagles. That's the, that's the short of it. She's like, she's the keystone there. So like she gets to, she gets to have that title. She gets to be Australians, the Australian women's wrestling, like icon, the, the one. Before we dive in, big shout out to Joseph Monticello. His video, A History of Madison Eagles versus Nicole Matthews is on YouTube. And it's excellent. It basically covers the entirety of Madison Eagles is not the entirety of her tenure in Shimmer, but a large chunk of her ten time in Shimmer, especially obviously her feud with Nicole Matthews and also features uh, interviews recently from the past year or two with Madison and Nicole talking about 
their feud and their matches together in Shimmer, and it's just a great video. It makes up like a good chunk out of the middle of our show here today. Yes, uh, just does great work uh, with his breakdown videos of various storylines. A lot of them feature uh, storylines out of the major promotions, uh, but this one, you know, features a long-term story that came out of Shimmer Wrestling that involves um, Madison and Nicole Matthews. It's it's fantastic work. It's super entertaining and includes interviews with those with both of those wrestlers um, in tandem. So it's like a conversation with the two of them about the stories that they built in Shimmer together. And uh, yeah, cannot recommend it enough. Kudos to Joseph for putting together such a fantastic video. Alexandra Ford is born June 1984 in Sydney, Australia. Her dad is the head of Surf Life Saving Australia, a not-for-profit organization that provides water safety and surf rescue services. So she's involved in this sort of like athletic surfing water culture from a very young age. As a result, she works as a lifeguard for five years. She also takes dance starting at the age of five and continues right up to the age of 16. And all of this leads to a really just athletic high school tenure. She's a star athlete in school, in gymnastics. She's the captain of the diving team in high school. And in the year 2000, at the age of 16, the Summer Olympics come to Sydney and Alex herself tap dances as part of the opening games. I didn't, I couldn't find this footage, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Somebody helps out. Also at the age of 16, she discovers a little thing called pro wrestling. Instantly she's obsessed because she's already become a fan of acting and drama, that sort of thing. She's obviously really big into sports and oh my God, here's this thing that combines the two. Incredible. Early on, her favorite wrestlers are Owen Hart, Eddie Guerrero, Ricky Steamboat, and she dreams of moving to America to train with them. It's when she's 17 that she discovers wrestling in Australia, really, for the first time. She goes to International Wrestling Australia, and at the age of 17, in 2001, she starts training under former WCW wrestler Mark Mercedes. So Mark's promotion, IWA, is one of the big ones in Sydney, and that's where Alex spends most of the early part of her career. She actually debuts the same year, 2001, at the age of 17, and she debuts under the name Madison Eagles, which is rare. We've done many installments of the series before, and it's so rare for somebody to have the same name from day one right up to the present day. Yeah, I mean... I wish I had kind of taken a look back to see who else in our Living Legends series can really make that that claim, but maybe just Emmy Sakura? No, she was Emmy Motokawa for a long time. Oh my gosh, you're totally right. Yeah, okay. unless, it's your, it's, unless it's your real name, it's rare to have the same kayfabe name your entire tenure. And it's frustrating to me that I couldn't figure out where it came from. I couldn't find any information where the name e- Eagles came about. It's so interesting, too, to see, like, how that's going to influence so much down the line, because, like, her name choice, like, her moniker that stays with her for the, you know, now, like, into her present career, however many decades now, also ends up affecting the, like, you know, professional wrestling names and careers of a couple other notables. So that's, yeah, it's ripple effect. Not only did she have it for a long time, has she had it for her entire career, but she also, it has a surprising amount of ripple effect in a name alone. So it's 2001, Madison Eagles debuts for IWA, and 
At first, she's the new bodyguard for a male wrestler named AJ Freely. This is her start. This little 17-year-old lifeguard is, is AJ's new bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> that same year, in November 2001, she wrestles her very first match. It's for IWA, of course. It's against a woman named Catherine Nixon. And for the first three, four years of her career, it's pretty much almost exclusively Madison versus Catherine Nixon. Because at the time in Sydney, there's nobody else. There are no women wrestling. There are no female mentors. There's nobody. There's no women who are like a couple of years older, you know, who had been doing it five, ten years that she can aspire to and that she can go to for advice and that she can like watch in the ring. There's there's nothing. It's her and it's Catherine. That's it. Women's matches are still considered popcorn breaks for most of the shows. You know, as soon as her music hits and she walks out, people are like, oh, time to go hit the bathroom. And so it's it's just her and Catherine every night. Eventually another woman named Persia shows up, and then it's the three of them, just in some capacity against each other, from 2001 straight through to 2005. Yeah, and, I mean, that's, I mean what promotion what i mean what promotion isn't guilty of that during that time period like if you were going to have women at all right so it's impressive that there even ended up being three as a result so the the plus and the negative of it is as a result intergender wrestling gets introduced very early in madison's career and we see this all the time with independent promotions Mm -hmm. is you don't have enough women i gotta wrestle somebody let's have her wrestle the men let's have her work with the men and we see, especially in the era of 2001-2002, where women in WWE are not being treated as like, serious competitors. You know, they're getting three-minute matches. They're doing brawn panties matches. The women who wind up in the intergender field sort of by accident or by default, they come out stronger because they're getting to wrestle real matches against real opponents. Absolutely. And I mean, this has evolved now into like the more modern indie standard, at least for a lot of independents now, uh, where like you don't really have separate divisions if you can't have enough to have that like separate division. But I mean, there's still a ton of indies that operate under the idea that you still have to have like a women's division, even if you only have like three or four women at most on a regular rotation. And they still kind of have to embrace intergender wrestling. And it's been less of a it's it's. I'm in. I don't know. It probably when we talked about Nicole Matthews, it was a little different. It felt like it was a little bit more just like just like it. It happened. It was. It was much more routine. But I feel like independents now in the last ten years have had to like become more and more comfortable with having these matches on their shows. So 2001, she starts wrestling. 2002, at the age of 18, she gets married. She marries a man named Doug Ryan. And that same year, Ryan makes his wrestling debut under the name Ryan Eagles, which is interesting. It's fascinating, too. Again, I couldn't really find context for this, why he would choose to take his wife's kayfabe last name, because a lot of dudes would be too proud to do that. They would really want to have their own name or carve their own path. Yeah, I I was like flabbergasted when I read that because I didn't... I wasn't familiar with the backstory of it, so I had assumed wrongly and gladly wrongly that like that she had taken Eagles at from from her like husband's performing name. So that's really interesting, and I like I also could not figure out or find out a reason why. 
That's it. I took my wife's last name when we got married. So some some guys are just cool. Also, Eagles is cool. Like it works. Like Brian Eagles is cool. Yeah. It sounds good with most names. October 2003, IWA introduces a women's championship for the first time. They got three women. Let's give them something to fight over. Catherine Nixon becomes the first IWA women's champion, but Madison beats her for the title literally the next day. <laughs> and Madison will go on to hold the IWA women's championship four times between 2003 and 2006. Also in 2003, which is wild because you think like, okay, she debuts at 17, she gets married at 18, and then at 19, her and IWA owner Mark Mercedes travel to America. She's only been doing this two years. She's only 19. They go to America. She does a tryout for WWE at Ohio Valley, Ohio Valley Wrestling. What am I, Elmer Fudd? She does a WWE tryout at OVW, where she gets to train with people like Jillian Hall and Christopher Daniels. She's not picked up. She says in retrospect that looking back on it, I wasn't ready. But it's experience. The fact that she gets to try out for OVW two years into her career at the age of 19. And while in America with Mark, she also does some training at the ROH Dojo and at the Chikara Wrestle Factory. 2004, things take a turn back in Australia. So wrestling veteran Henry Lobo Jones has been wrestling for a promotion called Professional Championship Wrestling. But in 2004, Lobo decides to leave PCW with a group of other wrestlers and found their own promotion. And they start a promotion that they call the Professional Wrestling Alliance. Lobo and his friends run the PWA for two years. And because it's a local scene, because it's, you know, it's Sydney, everybody knows everybody, Ryan Eagles, wrestles regularly for the PWA. He wrestles in the main events, actually, during Lobo's time as boss. So while this is going on, Madison takes a little bit of a step away from the ring because in 2006, she gives birth to her first child, a daughter. Again, just a wild ride for Madison, like in the span of four years to debut as a wrestler, get married, have a child, travel to America, do a WWE tryout, Come back to Australia. It's just like, what a whirlwind from the age of 18 to 22. It's insane. And like, it just gets, it just gets wilder from here too. Like factoring in the fact that like, no, we'll get there. We'll get there. I don't want to spoil things because like, there's so many things that she accumulates into her career and into her life. Like in the midst of everything that we're going to talk about, she is growing her family. I mean, by the end of our story here, she will have four children, one of which she had in recent years. Like over a span of years, she is everywhere doing every part of wrestling, essentially, and also like every part of the life experience that we kind of generally assume a lot of grown adults go through. It's just it's pretty extraordinary. Like the the concept of like a working mom in wrestling is still such a novel idea. We're still like it, it's so much more normal now. But like Madison was that that working wrestling mom in in a like what 10 15 years before that was just an unknown quantity yeah for so long it was get pregnant that's your retirement yeah and then either either by choice because like i don't i'm not interested in wrestling anymore i want to focus on just being a mother and raising my kids which is perfectly fair or 
because just physically like it's demanding and finding the time in your schedule to, to continue to do this thing while being a parent and you'd only have the rare instances which was people with like people in like wrestling fa families like Soraya or people like Mercedes Martinez and Lana Austin who just found a way to make it work and Madison is obviously in that category. So 2007, with a, with a baby already, Madison and her husband Ryan decide that they're going to start their own wrestling school, the Pro Wrestling Academy, because their idea is to help Australian wrestlers travel between the different states in Australia. It's still very, not segregated, but it's just very clustered. Like it's hard for wrestlers in Sydney to make their way to shows in Melbourne, other areas like that. So their thinking is if we start our own school, we can kind of help facilitate this for wrestlers in the area. And at the same time, Henry Jones, Lobo himself, comes to them and says that he's thinking of stepping away from the PWA, would they want to take it over? So in one fell swoop with a baby at home, they start their own wrestling school, the Pro Wrestling Academy, they take over the PWA from Lobo, and they run their first show. March 2007, Madison and Ryan are at the helm of the new PWA, They've run their first show. Madison's the only woman on the card that night, but things will get better over time now that they have his own school, especially. And it's one of these, it's one of these beautiful stories that I love so much. We saw this with her Emmy Sakura episode two. They're just doing shows anywhere they can. They're doing shows in backyards, in school gyms. Just if there's somewhere we can set up a ring and we can get 25, 50 fans in attendance, great, awesome. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I love it. I love that you can I love that you can have examples of this, that story and you can show those like, you know, grassroots way of doing things and you can say, yeah, and it worked and it grew. And that like that perseverance and that dedication to bringing about those shows in whatever way possible in to whomever was willing to be there grew into something more than a flash in the pan. It's I just I love when that happens. March 2008, Madison Eagles is 24 years old. She has a two-year-old baby at home. She's got her own career going. Her husband's got his own wrestling career going. They're running their own school. They're running in their own promotion. They decide, hey, let's start another promotion. For <laughs> fun. <laughs> they start a sister promotion to the PWA, the Pro Wrestling Women's Alliance. It is Australia's first ever all-women promotion to date in the year 2024 it is still the only all-women promotion in the history of australia they start the pwwa it's running in conjunction with the pwa on uh, different nights different months pwwa continues until 2013 so it lasts a good five years and which point you know for whatever reason becoming too much running two promotions doing all these different things they basically absorb the PWWA championship into the PWA, and the PWA continues on. Can't say I really blame them. That's a lot of things to balance. In addition to your own career, there's a lot of factors to balance. March 2008 as well sees the PWA debut of a new wrestler. His name is James McMath. He's been training at the Pro Wrestling Academy under Madison and Ryan, and as a tribute to them, Young James decides that he's going to take on their last name in honor, homage to his parents. 
his not his not his his wrestle parents, you know, not his real parents, not even his kayfabe parents. And kayfabe actually, they explain that he's Ryan's younger brother, and uh, yeah, his name will be Robbie Eagles, which yes. should be a familiar name to New Japan fans. Yes, something sniper, I forget, but adorable and love that, love that. And again, that's where. That's where his name comes from, Ryan Eagles, because he was trained by Madison Eagles and, no, sorry, Robbie Eagles, because he was named, that's where his name comes from, Robbie Eagles, because he was trained by Madison and Ryan Eagles in Australia. That's right, because in 2001, Madison Eagles became Madison Eagles. September 2008, again, all in the span of like one year. September 2008, Madison heads back to America, this time for her first real proper tour. Last time it was just like doing some training, making connections, doing some tryouts. This time she's wrestling matches. She's performing on shows. She goes to Ring of Honor where she wrestles Daisy Hayes. It's only two minutes long though because it's ROH. She goes to Chikara where she wrestles a wild trios tag so it's her teaming with her husband, Ryan, and the rest of the Crossbones. They take on a team which includes the future Billy Kay, the future Drew Gulak, and the future Orange Cassidy. Ooh. And then the next day she makes her debut for Shimmer Women Athletes. As anybody who knows anything about women's wrestling knows, Shimmer is the place to be for women's wrestling, especially in 2008. You know, Shimmer is doing it when WWE doesn't want to, when TNA is just starting to, when ROH, as I said, two-minute match against Daisy Hayes, ROH is an interest in women's wrestling at this point. Shimmer is the queen of women's wrestling in North America. Yep. So Madison makes her Shimmer debut at Volume 21, October 2008, and she's teaming with a young lady from Australia named Jessie McKay. Jessie is the future Billy Kay of the Iconics, she is yet another trainee from the Eagles School in Australia. Madison and Jesse team together as the Pink Ladies, and their first match for Shimmer is a tag team gauntlet to crown the first Shimmer tag team champions. So the Pink Ladies start the match against the team of the Canadian Ninjas, Nicole Matthews and Portia Perez. They don't win though, they don't advance in the match. Actually, what happens is Nicole Matthews dumps Madison to the floor, and the Canadian Ninjas pin, pin Jesse McKay to advance in the match. But this will not, not, not be the last time Madison Eagles and Nicole Matthews get up in each other's business. Oh no, this is the start of a, of a beautiful story. And then in 2009, she gives birth to her second child. <laughs> so she goes on tour uh, through at least October of 2008. Um, it comes back to Australia, presumably. And, uh, just makes another baby that's just incredible and then less than a year later she's back in the ring april april 2010 she's got two kids at home now doesn't matter back to the ring back to shimmer on volume 30 she defeats cheerleader melissa to become number one contender to the shimmer championship which is held by mischief and that same month on volume 31 she does it she defeats Mischief to become the third ever Shimmer champion. So this is huge. She's only this is only her third show for Shimmer. 
she's only been only like her like third time in America, maybe second proper tour in America. She's only been back in the ring for a little bit of time after having a baby, and she's the new Shimmer Champion. Her first time as Shimmer Champion, sorry, spoiler. Her first time as Shimmer Champion in the spring of 2010, she has 10 successful defenses. Okay, and she's not just, she's not wrestling nobody. These aren't enhancement talent defenses. You want to know who she's defending the title against? Nicole Matthews, Mercedes Martinez, Serena Deeb, Hiroyo Matsumoto. Like, this is, this is an A-class of talent that she's defending against and beating. Yeah, I mean, remember at this point, Mercedes Martinez in Shimmer is like, a, I don't know, biggest wrestling guy in WWE. It, like, like it's big shit. Like, it's it's a big deal to defeat Mercedes Martinez in a Shimmer in a shimmer ring at this point. Then July, she's back to Australia and back on the PWA. So this is sort of the, for the next couple of years here, this is more or less how it works. Shimmer, as we know, doesn't run shows. It's not like they're running shows once a month. They do tapings a couple times a year where they'll tape something like four shows in two days like saturday sunday they'll do an afternoon show an evening show and that'll last them for a while and they'll take three months off before they do another set of tapings so basically she flies over to america to do these shimmer shows and then when that's not happening she's back in australia running pwa running the wrestling school running pwwa wrestling on all these shows taking care of two kids First match on our watch list is from July 2010. It's PWA Call to Arms. This one is on YouTube. It is Jesse McKay, the future Billy Kay, versus Madison Eagles for the PWWA Championship. At this point in 2010, Madison's actually nine years into her career. She's already kind of playing the veteran in these matches against people like Jesse, which makes sense because, again, she trained Jesse. And the commentators point that out, like trainer versus trainee. So, even though she's only nine years into her, her career, that's a long time for a women's wrestler in 2010 in a lot of places. I would have loved to find like earlier matches from her career in IWA or some of these other places, but again, this is early 2000s. You know, streaming is not a thing. Even videotaping of indie shows, that happens for places like Ring of Honor and Shimmer. Not for a lot of promotions, probably not for an IWA or a fledgling PWA. So this is one of the earliest matches I could find from Madison in the summer of 2010. But I chose this one especially because in interviews from around this time period, she would often cite Billy Kay as being one of her favorite opponents. Yeah, and it shows. They have such good ring chemistry. I mean, we know that uh, that uh, Jesse McKay at this point... Um, was her trainee and like their chemistry is pretty in, immediate and felt they're super comfortable with each other in the ring. And it's like, it's, it's very, very clear. Um, what is also clear is that Madison Ingalls in PWWA is beloved and uh, not sure if she like had any kind of defined like heel run in that, in, in that promotion, but definitely not at this point. Um, and Jesse's doing great work coming in, perfect like the perfect example of like just knowing her character sticking that heel character and her and her particular take on it uh this is a good match it's like um it's a really great introduction to madison eagle's style where she is uh lots of just raw power and strength combined with like really really crisp movements you're gonna see some really really good um her her brain buster like we'll, we'll talk about this like further but her 
brain buster, her signature brain buster is just so crisp and perfectly done. And the finish to this match where she, she reverses a move that uh, McKay is trying on her into a fireman's carry. And then that brain buster on the knee, like it's just <sighs> perfection. Like she feels like, a, like someone who trains other wrestlers. My favorite part of the match is uh, she goes for cannonball off the apron on Jesse, but Jesse pulls the referee in the ring, in the way, rather, at ringside. And Madison just flattens him. Like, it's a it's a beautiful cannonball. It's picture perfect. The oh. way that it looks like she, it doesn't look like, you know, he's catching her or like she's like going past him or landing on him. It, it looks like she like just bowled him over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bowling pin through the air. She, we talked about this when we talked about Nicole Matthews, but like, and so it makes sense why they end up having such good ring chemistry and shimmer. But uh, something I really like about Madison is that even though she's pulling off wrestling moves that are defined wrestling moves, she also has like a really like she has a really good ability to sell the move and the sell to giving the move to make it look as good and as uh, potentially like painful as possible without it looking like without it being, you know, like Street Fighter or whatever. Uh, this comes in handy when we talk about things that they experiment with in in Shimmer and elsewhere. But like, it's just really impressive to see her to see her working at that level in nine in nine years into her career. Again, you're watching someone who's already nine years into her career. She's already training other wrestlers. She just has like she she can live in that ring. She has that lived in like like she is in auto and she knows what she's doing. As Em said. Eagles ends up hitting Hellbound for the win, 10 minutes and 6 seconds to capture the PWWA championship. 2011, Madison's back in Chikara, actually, in America. She goes back to America. She's wrestling for Chikara. Matches against people like Sarah Del Rey, Manami Toyota, Daisy Hayes again. Just again, every single one of these women, legends, legends among legends. That takes us into the second match on our watch list. I knew I had to choose a Chikara match because it was such an important promotion for her, especially in America. January 2011, Chikara, the show is Chaos in the Sea of Lost Souls, Madison Eagles versus Daisy Hayes. I mean, okay. You want, like, you want this era of women's wrestling on the independence? You want two important figures in that? This is where you go. This is a Chikara match. It's Madison Eagles versus Daisy Hayes. What else do you need to know? I love that there's we there's a promo that you can find in addition to this uh, where Madison Eagles does what like so many professionals do in hyping up her opponent and then just, you know, promising to give the best possible women's wrestling match. And they they do. They, they give her really I, I struggle to find anything really to say about this other than that. It's just really good. Please watch it. That's the thing. This is so. This is like the last year of Daisy Hayes's full-time in-ring career. She was a one match a couple years later for Shimmer, but 2002 is basically the end of her in-ring career. So this is like Daisy on the way out. This is Eagles, ten years into her career, but still like long way to go. You have no way of knowing that at the time, but yeah, long way to go. And I'm watching this match. And I'm like, damn, this is a good match. You know, they're doing the suplexes, they're doing brainbusters, they're doing all this stuff. But what I always come back to is you and I are never going to be able to fully, truly appreciate this because we're watching this through a 2024 lens and we have no way of knowing what it was like in 2011 to go to a Chicago show, to go to an indie wrestling show and see a match like this. Because at this time in 2011, 
if all you're watching is WWE, and I think that's all I was watching myself, you're watching Brie Bella versus Kelly Kelly for the Divas title. No disrespect to those women, but they're not wrestling like this. They're not being given nine minutes to go out there and tear it up. They're not being asked to do these things. They're probably hair pulling, probably slapping each other, and it's probably over in a minute and 57 seconds before going to the commercials. So we can watch this in 2024 and go, damn, this is a good match, but we'll never be able to really like put it in a 2011 context to know how great it really was at that time. Yeah. It, this is a really important thing to remember down the line when we talk about the storyline in Shimmer with with Madison and Nicole. And it's such a great point that uh, caps off the, the video that uh, Joseph made about it that like, you know, one of the reasons why it doesn't that storyline as good as it is and those matches as great as they are doesn't get talked about enough is well one it's shimmer and it's not a major it's not like the major promotions but the other thing is like by the time it culminated wrestling mainstream wrestling had kind of caught up like there was now some real forms of women's wrestling like available to watch in the main like in the major players especially in like in wwe they're finally really given some women um some time to shine and like getting getting good ratings and attention for it too um, so all this goes to show you that like we can't appreciate it, but we can appreciate the effect that it had because like this started somewhere. This is the blueprint. Matches like Madison Eagles versus Daisy Hayes for Chikara lead to that mainstream success for women's wrestling in, you know, ten years. June twenty eleven, Madison wrestles the only Canadian match of her career. She goes to Montreal to defend the Shimmer title against the future Rosemary, Courtney Rush, for uh, Femme Fatales, arguably the greatest women's promotion in Canadian history. September, she September her uh, frenemy, Nicole Matthews, does a tour of Australia. Nicole comes to Australia. She wrestles Shazza McKenzie at a PWA show. She wrestles Madison Eagles and Jesse McKay on a PWA show. And then seven nights in a row for the NWA is Nicole Matthews, versus Madison Eagles, arguably the best from Canada versus the best from Australia. As a result of all of this, her her matches with Nicole in Australia, her matches in Canada, in America, for Chikara, for Shimmer, all these different promotions, Madison is ranked number one in the PWI Female 50 for 2011. To date, 2011 to date in 2024 in the history of the pwi what was the female 50 what is now the women's 250 300 this year <laughs> 250 i don't remember regardless in the history of the pwi women's lists madison eagles and shuri are the only women to ever make number one without competing in wwe or impact that's incredible and years apart too because when, when did sherry like when did she make them like, like two years 2022 ago? yeah 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 very recently with the power of stardom behind her which is a huge promotion now madison yeah. did it off the back of just stellar work across various indies yeah. Sh- shimmer chikara pwa and sherry at the point that she was number one that was when it was like one or one 100 or 150 right yeah, I want to say 150. Yeah, so 
like, just think about that growth. Think about being number one in the 2011 edition of the PWI Female 50, and then being number one in the 2022 edition of the PWI Female, like, 200. Like, that's, again, come back to this, like, idea of, like, what Madison does in 2011 ends up having this, like, big exponential balloon effect over like 10 some years. And I'm not saying she did alone. Like women's wrestling had, had a revolution, had like a, a big evolution during this time period, but it's really cool to see where Madison fits into this and to realize like, there's this person who did not like end up getting signed to WWE and like made a name for themselves there. They continued to work their promotion that they run in, in their home country while working like, like notable and iconic American and other indie independents like it's just neat to like get to really dive into somebody who was instrumental in this in a way that like gets forgotten because there's uh, people that we've covered in our living legend series whose names are much bigger names I feel like there's gonna be people who listen to this who've never really they maybe have heard of Madison Eagles but maybe they've never watched any of her matches so this is a great uh, opportunity to do so because you give, we're giving you all the like all the reasons why you need to like dive back into 2011 and see these matches so that you can understand wrestling now. Just before she's ranked number one on the PWI Female 50, it's October 2011, and she loses the Shimmer title to cheerleader Melissa. Madison's held the title for a year and a half. She drops the belt to Melissa in October 2011. She's named number one on the Female 50, and then a couple weeks later. She injures her knee, and it's just a fluke thing. She's wrestling a match. She goes for a double stomp, and she just lands. Lands weird, you know. It happens, but it's enough that it really messes up her knee, and the injury is so bad that it's believed she'll never wrestle again. And she's ten years into her career at this point. She's the number one wrestler, number one female wrestler in the world, according to the PWI. But. 10 years takes its toll on you. She's had a broken nose. She's had a pierced eardrum. She has various chips in her knees and her elbows. And now her knee is messed up too. So we think that might be it for her. Yeah, absolutely. Who could blame her? That's a lot of punishment to, to, to deal with and a lot of, a lot of work that you're piling on top of an injured body. So what does she do in 2012? So if she can't wrestle, I guess I'll have another kid. 2012, because, she gives birth to her third child, another daughter. Because Madison Eagles doesn't seem to feel pain in the way that other people feel pain. Like, <laughs> I think she gets bored very easily. You know, kudos to her. I mean, I get it. But like, wow. Um, everybody, just so you know, and my pregnancy was really smooth. So I can say this even from somebody who had a very easygoing pregnancy by comparison to some. Um, pregnancy is not easy on your body. Not particularly. So to already have like accumulated a like series of injuries, some of which I'm sure were still plaguing her once she got pregnant, um, and then you know proceed to still birth a child, and while you're raising two other children and running a business, I like the amount of respect and and awe that I have for Madison Eagles right now is is unspeakable. I can't. I can't there's no words. January 2013. Madison makes her surprise return to the ring at a PWA show. She has been out of action for 15 months, and we thought her career is over. 
her in-ring career. Obviously, she's still been training people. She's still been running shows for PWA. But she makes a surprise appearance. She wrestles a match for the PWA. And she's back. She spends the first three months of 2013 wrestling in Australia. She does PWA. She does other promotions in Australia as well. Predominantly, she's wrestling Billy Kay and Shazam McKenzie over and over again. She becomes the first women's champion for the promotion Pacific Pro Wrestling. And PWA are running shows twice a month at this point. So her and Ryan, like, they got three kids. They're running shows twice a month for their promotion. They're running a school. They're wrestling on their shows. They're wrestling on shows for other promotions. In an interview with the Sydney Morning Herald, Madison says, I love wrestling so much. I love being creative in the ring with my matches and my character. WWE is sort of like, you just do what they want you to do, especially with the women. They get two minutes on TV. Whereas I want to wrestle in a half-hour match and get everybody into it. I don't want to go out there and be a pretty model. I don't want to be caged in. April 2013, she returns to America for Shimmer. She wrestles uh, her first match back, picks up a win. It's against, of course, Billy Kay. And then in one weekend, okay, in the span of two days, she beats Courtney Rush, Athena, and Asuka. Hmm. Come on. Wow. wow. This, this is a hit list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Impact. WWE. WWE. How many, or, people, how many pe- people can say that they have like pinfall victories over Athena and Asuka? let alone, like, in 24 hours. Again, the magic is shimmer. Because, like, how many promotions can say that they have matches like this in their, like, in their back catalog? That's April 2013 in America for shimmer. Summer, back to Australia. She has matches against Kelly Skater, and she has matches against two promising young rookies who may have futures. Eventually, these two young ladies will be known as Dakota Kai, and Tony Storm. That's the summer. October 2013. Back to America. Back to Shimmer. It's volume 58. And it's time for a showdown with Nicole Matthews. So since Madison has come back from injury, she's been undefeated in Shimmer. And her and Nicole have had the matches against each other. You know, they've had they faced off in uh, Australia. Like I said, on the NWA Tour. They've had take matches against each other, as I mentioned. But they've never wrestled one-on-one in Shimmer for a reason. They're both heels in Shimmer. You don't do heel versus heel. That's bad for business, right? You do that, the fans are going to get bored. They're not going to know who to cheer. It's, it's terrible. But they book it anyway. Matthews, Eagles, one-on-one. And it's incredible because they are both such shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> they're both like... <laughs> they're both trying to take shortcuts. They're both trying to cheat. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the Forks? Yes, this is the debut of a, what will become a recurring bit for Madison Eagles, where she just pulls Forks out of her gear, like out of her knee pads, out of her like shirt, out of her pants, just keeps pulling Forks out of her person and trying to stab Nicole with them. Yeah, it it starts off as a whole bit with like the referee like removing like one or two, but like... They're everywhere. They just they come out at random points. There are there are matches in this like series of matches where like Nicole ends up with forks too. Like the the yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's such it's such good comedy in the midst of such 
good wrestling. In the end, Madison hits a brain buster, but the clock runs out before she can make the cover, and the oh. match ends in a 20-minute time limit draw. Classic. Yeah, and with nothing decided, we're going to have to come back to this one. Coming off the draw, Madison picks up, picks up some more wins in Shimmer. She beats people like, oh, I don't know, Mia Yim, Jessica Havoc, Hikaru Shida. Just, just ridiculous. A ridiculous resume. But in the meantime, while she's doing this, the feud with Nicole is still kind of simmering in the background. They do promos where they just like trash talk each other. You know, Madison talks about how Starbucks is better than Tim Hortons. During one of Nicole's matches, she hits a brain buster in vain of Madison Eagles, kind of taunting her in that sense. Mm, so good. This takes us into 2014. 2014, Madison tries to capture the Shimmer Take titles for the first time. It's actually a show in Japan. She teams with Dakota Kai to challenge for the titles. They don't win them. Also, in early 2014, she wrestles her first and only match for stardom, Madison Eagles versus Takumi Aroha. This is the head-scratcher to me, given that like there's plenty of connection between Australian wrestling and, and Japanese wrestling, given the, the you know, relative proximity of the country. So, like... It, it is a little perplexing for me that she hasn't done more work with stardom and or like other major Joshi promotions. Yeah, she did Japanese work here and there, but not a ton. But then again, the same is true for Nicole Matthews. When we talked about her, it's like, I feel like she only did one tour of Japan in her entire career. Well, and, and I mean, some of that is that she's in Canada, but like Madison's in Australia. It's not it's not the same. She's Australian up. I mean, it's not a nothing trip, but it's, like, significantly easier. I mean, that's why there's so many, like, Australian male wrestlers who who work in various Japanese promotions. It's, like, there's a pipeline there. Yeah. Yeah, her kayfabe brother-in-law wrestled for New Japan all the time. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure if I look through the roster of PWA, like, there's probably many guys who have also done, like, major work for some of those other like big like Japanese wrestling companies. So like yeah, it's just kinda kinda curious to me. Like I'm sure that there were offers or opportunities. Maybe it was just a matter of like prioritizing between business and family and like the responsibility she already had in other spots for her career. Like maybe it just wasn't doable. But yeah, a little surprising. Yeah, because she had a she got three kids at this point. Yeah. And a school and a promotion. And she's got a lot going on in America, i.e. April 2014. Okay, here we go. Shimmer Volume 62. Nicole Matthews is given a rematch for the take titles that she and Portia Perez lost a year earlier. It's supposed to be the Canadian Ninjas challenging for the take titles, but Portia isn't in the building. So Nicole is allowed to choose a new partner for the night, and she chooses her new best friend, Madison Eagles. It's Eagles and Matthews challenging for the Shimmer Take titles against the team, the champs, Kelly Skater and Tomoka Nakagawa. The age-old question in Take Team Wrestling, can they coexist? The answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) The team of Matthews and Eagles cannot work together. They fail to win the titles from the Global Green Gangsters, when a miscommunication results in Nicole and Madison taking each other out and the champs retain. A week later, it's volume 63. 
Madison picks up a big singles victory over Ruby Soho, but breaks her wrist in the process. When she goes backstage, she's like, ow, my wrist hurts. Oh well, tapes it up and goes back out a couple hours later to wrestle another match. <laughs> that match is a four-way dance. Madison Eagles versus Nicole Matthews versus Dakota Kai versus Courtney Rush. The team of worst best friends, Madison and Nicole, try to work together, but things fall apart again. Courtney Rush, the future Rosemary, ends up picking up the win instead. And after that match is when she's diagnosed at the hospital and it turns out, oh, you do have a broken wrist. You need to take time off. So she takes a month off and then she's back in the ring. Does she not, like, like does she heal? I don't, I don't know what's wrong with this woman. Like, does she heal at a, at a crazy rate? Is she Wolverine? Like, what is going on? And it's not like, oh, my wrist is broken, I can't wrestle, I guess I'll go home and I'll see you guys next time around. She still sticks around for all the shows, and she still continues to get herself involved to further these storylines. So on volume 65, the next day, she was supposed to be teaming with Canadian Ninjas in a trios tag, but instead she manages them as they team up with Jessica Havoc in a trios tag. And then that same day is volume 66, and the match is Nicole Matthews versus Dakota Kai. Madison comes down to ringside to support her worst best friend, Nicole Matthews, costing her, inadvertently, the match with Dakota Kai picking up a win over Matthews. Now Shimmer takes six months off for the summer. When Madison is next in Shimmer, it's for volume 67 in October of 2014. She's all healed up, her wrist is good to go, and we are not bullshitting anymore. Let's get to it. Eagles, Matthews, no countout, no disqualification. The winner will join Athena in challenging cheerleader Melissa for the Shimmer title in a three-way dance at the next show. And this is where whatever kind of friendship, worst best friend, or frenemy relationship that existed between Nicole and Madison is thrown to the window. This is where it completely falls apart. And this is where the two women who have been heels for their entire time in Shimmer and who are now kind of inching towards tweener territory take a sharp turn. Because in this match, Nicole Matthews goes hard towards the heel side of the locker room and Madison starts inching towards being a shimmer babyface for the first time ever. Unfortunately, this match also ends in a draw. Not a time limit draw this time, because it's no disqualification, it's no countout. The end result is Madison has Nicole Matthews in a face lock. Nicole rolls Madison over to a pin and as the referee counts Madison's shoulders to the mat, one, two, on three, Nicole taps out. This is a absolute marvel of timing. It's, yeah, the referee's like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah, she, she pinned her for three, but she also tapped out on three. What do we do? All that you can do is say, okay, fine. Both women advance. You know, we were going to say the winner faces Athena and cheerleader Melissa in a three-way. Next show, it'll be a four-way instead. That next show, Shimmer being Shimmer, 
is like five hours later. <laughs> Volume 68. Cheerleader Melissa defends the Shimmer Championship against Athena, Madison Eagles, and Nicole Matthews in a four-way elimination match. Early on in the match, all three challengers hit their finishers on Cheerleader Melissa and pin her. She's gone new, camp, new champ guaranteed. But before Melissa can leave, she distracts Athena, and Nicole uses the opportunity to roll up Athena with a hook of the tights. Athena's gone, and we're back. Eagles, Matthews for the Shimmer title. <sighs> okay, we get a ref bump. Eagles has the cover. Or actually, Eagles has Matthews in an STF. Matthews is tapping out. There's no referee to call it. A second referee comes out. That referee gets bumped. Now Eagles has a visual three count on Nicole Matthews. Again, there's no referee to count it. A third referee comes down to the ringside. Eagles goes for a big boot. Nicole pulls him in the ring. Ref takes a boot. Ref bump number three. Eagles hits hellbound. There's, again, no referee to count the three count. Portia Perez shows up. She jumps Madison. And Nicole Matthews hits Madison Eagles with a fireball to the face. For the win, Nicole Matthews steals the Shimmer Championship. According to that interview um, on Joseph's Brilliant Video, who taught Nicole Matthews how to throw a fireball? Eddie Kingston. Got instructions from Legends. By Eddie Kingston. And then I guess the next day when she had mentioned it, he had totally forgot that he showed her. <laughs> and because Shimmer tapes so many shows in the span of like one weekend, she can't just show up at the next set of tapings and look perfectly fine. She has to sell the effects of the fireball. Uh, this is my favorite detail from that video. My favorite detail. So again, this woman feels no pain, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. She hears about this old territory trick to like make it look like you've been hit by fire. You just take some sandpaper and you just rub it all over your face. Because makeup couldn't do the same thing? Madison, come on. Whomst among us hasn't rubbed sandpaper on their face for dramatic effect? Um, me. <laughs> <laughs> to get out of math quizzes, to not have to go to your in-laws, all sorts of reasons. Oh my god. But yeah, it, and it, this is why you absolutely have to watch Justin's video because the way that Madison talks about this is just in the most like straight up casual way of like, yeah, and I was like, who can go get me sandpaper? So we go into 2015 with Eagles hellbent on getting a match against Nicole for that title that she was robbed of. On the way, she beats Marty Bell, she beats Yumi Oko, she finally beats Portia Perez one-on-one -on -one to earn that shot against Nicole Matthews. And Matthews has been taunting her the entire time. She's been mocking Eagles, the two have to be physically separated on multiple occasions. Nicole even turns on her partner, Portia Perez, she just like basically throws Portia under the bus multiple times to get away from Madison to cling onto her title. And this takes us to April 2015, Shimmer Volume 74. It's Nicole, it's Madison, it's for the Shimmer Championship. Matthews has been champ for six months. There's no doubt about it anymore. Madison Eagles is a babyface. The fans love her. The fans want to cheer her. The fans want to see Nicole put in her place. Interestingly enough, it's not the main event. You would think a feud this heated that has been going on for this long that is for the top title of promotion would be the main event of the show, right? That's what they think. 
but it's not. It's the penultimate match on the card. The main event instead is an eight-woman take featuring eight Joshi superstars being flown in. So yeah, you get where they're coming from. You know, it's a big deal to see like all these eight Joshi wrestlers here in America wrestling this huge tag match. But yeah, it's a little insulting to the champ and the challenger. So it puts a little bit of a chip on their shoulders as they're going into their match. And they say, you know what? Let's, let's give them something to follow. Let's see them follow this. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's stunning. But I think there was some security in knowing that the champ will retain here and that this story is only going to get more intense. Oh, we think this is it. This is finally one-on-one. No no Porsche, no shenanigans, no fireballs. Madison's finally going to get her hands on Nicole, and we know, one-on-one, Madison's the better wrestler. We know Madison can beat her. And sure enough, Madison hits Hellbound. She makes the cover, and the referee counts three. Madison Eagles is your new shimmer champ. Oh, wait. Porsche's here, and she says, wait, wait, wait. Nicole's foot was on the bottom rope. The referee says, oh, you know what? It's true. It actually was. So the referee restarts the match. Nicole hits the Vancouver maneuver before Madison even knows what's going on. And Nicole Matthews is still the shimmer champ. Foiled once again. Foiled once again. Yep, this is not over. Madison goes back to Australia. In this time, PWA does a little bit of housekeeping. They decide to change their name from the Pro Wrestling Alliance to Pro Wrestling Australia. Really embrace the fact that they are proudly Australian. They're one of the biggest promotions in Australia. They're a hotspot for other companies to want to come into Australia and work with, as we'll see in a little bit. She also forms a new tag team with Mick Moretti. They call themselves the Four Nations. And they win a four-way match to become the PWA Tag Team Champions, making Madison the first woman to hold tag gold in PWA history. And then they spend a couple of months feuding with her husband and his kayfabe brother, which is always fun. That just had to be so interesting to navigate. My kayfabe brother is a great, that should be a, that's a good name for a song. My kayfabe brother? <laughs> Free. I know we have some songwriters in our ranks. <laughs> the four nations hold the take titles for 14 months before they lose the titles to the take team of Unsocial Jordan and a young man named Kyle Fletcher. Now, while all this is going on, when Madison is not wrestling, not flying to America, not running a pro wrestling school, she is a stay-at-home mom. She has three kids, as we mentioned. And husband Ryan is working as a high school gym teacher. So they've got, like, day jobs in addition to all of this other stuff going on. Even despite all this, like, Shimmer PWA running the school, it's not a living. It's not a full-time living. It's not enough to you know, afford a house and groceries for three kids and all this. They got, they've got like full jobs. October, 2015, back to America, back to Shimmer, volume 76. It is a number one contender battle royal to determine Nicole Matthews next challenger. And it looks like Madison's going to win the match and she's going to be back at the top of the pile, ready to face Nicole again. But Nicole and Portia show up at ringside and screw her. Candice LeRae wins the match instead. In the main event, it's Nicole Matthews versus Candice LeRae. Matthews picks up the victory. She's still the champ. After the match, the Canadian Ninjas are all set to hit 
Candace with a fireball. And you know Johnny Gargano's backstage. He's got the sandpaper ready in case it happens. But instead, Madison Eagles makes the save and the locker room empties. It's chaos. Finally, though, people step in and they say, look, we're tired of Nicole Matthews' constant shenanigans. Farm 77, our next show. Matthews, Eagles, no disqualification for the Shimmer title. Matthews has been champ for one year. We got to settle this thing once and for all. Dave Prezak, the guy in charge of Shimmer, he's like, you know how we settle this? An iron match. And the women were like, no, no thanks. I don't want to wrestle an hour. (laughs) 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 Nah. How about we just do no DQ instead? Now, they they might not wrestle for uh, 60 minutes, but they cram 60 minutes worth of action into this match. Yes. They got chairs. They've got baseball bat. They've got Kaylee Ray. Not like not do anything. They just use Kaylee Ray as a weapon. They literally use Kaylee Ray as a weapon. <laughs> Matthews hits two brainbusters. Remember, that's Madison Eagle's move. Brainbuster. That's one of her signature moves. Yes. Nicole, like in just classic like shithead behavior, hits Madison with two of her own moves, but Madison kicks out. Matthews hits the Vancouver maneuver, but Eagles bridges out of the pin. Bridges out of the pin. And if you the Vancouver maneuver, please like look up Nicole Matthews Vancouver maneuver because it's not something you just that you do that out of, especially after getting two brainbusters. Uh, yeah, bridges out of it. Nicole grabs the Shimmer Championship belt. She tries to hit Madison with it. Madison avoids it. Madison hits Hellbound onto her chair to become a two-time Shimmer champion. Only the second two-time Shimmer champ after Shirley and Melissa. Mm-hmm. On her second run as champ, Madison defends the belt against people like ooh, Nicole Savoy, Courtney Rush, Arisa Nakajima, Piper Niven. And this takes us into June of 2016. Big show. Huge show in Shimmer history. The scheduled card, card subject to change, is Madison Eagles versus Kelly Skater. But Kelly Skater is found laid out backstage due to Tessa Blanchard and Vanessa Craven. And Tessa says, I'm going to take her spot in the match. Tessa versus Madison Eagles for the Shimmer title. Madison says, fine, you know what? I came here to fight. Let's fight. And Madison kicks Tessa's ass in one minute, pins her, and it's over. Very satisfying if you don't like Tessa Blanchard. (laughs) So satisfying that Madison gets back on the mic and says, come on, like, what was that? That's not a main event. That's not a Shimmer main event. I need a real opponent. Open challenge. Anybody in the locker room wants to fight me, come on out. Let's go. But she's jumped from behind by Shayna Baszler and Nicole Savoy. And we're wondering who's it going to be. Is one of them, which one of them is going to challenge her for the title? No. To the shock of the crowd and most of the locker room, Mercedes Martinez appears. Mercedes Martinez disappeared from wrestling two years earlier. No notice, no uh, memo, no announcement of her retirement. She just vanished from pro wrestling in 2014. People assumed she was retired. Her career was behind her. She just quietly stepped away from the spotlight, gone off to be a mom herself, take care of her own kids. Everybody is shocked to see Mercedes Martinez back in a shimmer ring. She accepts the open challenge. Madison taps out. And Mercedes Martinez becomes the Shimmer champ for the first time. 
And if you want to know more about that, uh, find our episode of Living Legends about Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, you get the full intersection there, and it's uh, that's a great story, too. 2017, PWA rebrands. Actually, yeah, end of 2017, going to 2018. PWA rebrands again. They changed their new name to, name to PWA Black Label. Ooh, fancy. Back in Australia, Madison's wrestling matches against people like Steph DeLander and Shayna Baszler. In Shimmer, she's wrestling against Shayna Baszler, Mercedes Martinez, Nicole Savoy, the trifecta. And then they rebrand. Then they rebrand as PWA Black Label. So the change is largely due to the fact that they had to find a new venue. Up to this point, PWA has been family friendly, but with the rebranding to Black Label, they are now moving to a music venue as a regular home. And as a result, shows have to be 18 plus because the venue is licensed. So PWA just grows up a little bit. And as a result, they're getting a lot of buzz around this time as well. Everybody wants to work with them. That February, New Japan schedules a tour of Australia, and they partner with PWA for all the nights of the tour, which really helps to raise PWA's status in the eyes of people outside of Australia as well. People are like, oh, what's this company that New Japan's doing this tour with? Two months later, Progress does the same thing. Progress comes over from England. They do a tour with PWA as well throughout Australia with Australian wrestlers, wrestling British wrestlers, and again, continues to grow PWA's fan base. So PWA is really on the up and rising at this point in 2018. April 2018, it's Shimmer Volume 100. It takes place WrestleMania weekend. In what many call the match of the night, Madison Eagles picks up a win over Deanna Perrazzo. Diana is still relatively young to her career at this point. It's 2018. She's spent a couple of years of doing like enhancement talent for TNA and NXT here and there, but not often, very sporadically. It's like she shows up on NXT once every four months, loses to someone like Nia Jax, goes away again. She wrestles full-time. Well, I don't know, full-time. She wrestles contractually for Ring of Honor as part of the Women of Honor division. And people like her and Kelly Klein are helping build up women's wrestling in ROH for the first time, but they're still being relegated mostly to YouTube, mostly to dark matches. They get like one Women of Honor episode of TV every couple of months. That's kind of it. So Deanna is still kind of an unknown entity in a lot of places at this point, but she comes into volume 100. She has this match against Madison. That's arguably the match of the night. And that night, Deanna is approached by WWE, who says, we want to sign you full-time. As a result, she quits ROH, and she has to drop out of the all-in pay-per-view that Deanna was supposed to be on. Yep, I remember that. (laughs) So Volume 100, on April 7th, Madison picks up a win over Deanna, match of the night. One week later, they run it back. Shimmer Volume 101, Madison versus Deanna Prazo. This time, it's a submission match. You can only win submission. This is Madison's second highest rated match on Cage Match for what that's worth. There's no commentary on this one for some reason, which is weird because Shimmer usually has decent, like, good commentaries. Usually Dave Prezak or Alison Danger or people like that. Veda Scott sometimes. So I don't know why there's no commentary. I missed it on this one. Luckily, the action is so good that uh, <laughs> it's just, it's 
it's a lot of submission moves. It's a lot of holds. There's some crisp strikes. Diana does a really beautiful tilt-a-whirl into Fujiwara armbar. But the thing that really got me about this match, being a, being a submission match, is that everything they do in the match is in service of it being a submission match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some wrestlers would maybe spend you know the first five ten minutes wrestling a typical match hitting brain busters hitting suicide dives body slams things like that wearing your opponent down first before you try to go for a submission move there's logic to that there's logic but eagles and perrazzo instead just spend the entire match doing holds holds and maneuvers and submissions just grabbing an arm trying to turn into this grabbing a leg trying to turn into this constantly in the entire match and it's just it's beautiful. It's like it's straight out of the Bret Hart playbook. It is. It is a fantastic. It's a. It's a really good submission match. Like uh, there are lots out there to to pick from, but I'd highly recommend putting this at the top of your list if you needed to explain a submission match to somebody, just because of that very fact. Like there's they're they're rarely off the mat. They're moving around. They're 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 taking advantage of the space that they have while still really focusing on like the elements that they need to get that tap out. Um, it's really good. It's a really focused match and the women have such good chemistry. I, one thing I noticed with all the things that we watched with Madison Eagles is that like Madison just works really well against all the opponents we've watched and they're all like world-class opponents, but still there's a commonality in the fact that like, when you're working against Madison Eagles, everything that you can do well, you're doing even better because she's there to help. That's April 14th, 2018, Shimmer Volume 101. Later that after, that night, they tape Volume 102. Madison picks up a win over Kira Hogan, and it will turn out to be the final Shimmer match of her career. But she's not done with America yet. That August, September, she is back. She's wrestling for Chikara as part of their King of Trios tournament. In the main event of night one, it's the Shimmer Collective, Madison, Shazam McKenzie, and Jessica Troy, taking on the Tokyo Joshi Freedom Fighters, Miyu Yamashita, Yuka Sakazaki, and Shokun Nakashima. Now, uh, the Shimmer Collective lose, but hell of a match. I haven't, I haven't watched this one, but I'm looking at those names. I promise you it's a hell of a match, I'm sure. So they lose, they're out of the tournament, but there's still more shows to go. Night two, Madison wrestles Solo Darling in a singles match. Night three, Madison wrestles Chikara Head, Mike Quackenbush in a singles match. That match against Quackenbush is her highest rated match on Cage Match. And it's also her final match in America. Mm. Don't get too sad too quickly, though, because two months later, she makes her UK debut. All this time, this is what you're saying. Like, why, why didn't she wrestle in Japan more? I don't know. Why didn't she wrestle ever in England in the first 17 years of her career? Really curious. No idea. Progress came and did a tour of America. They couldn't return the favor? <laughs> or <laughs> Australia, I mean. I don't know. She makes her debut. Of course, it's got to be for Pro Wrestling Eve. And it's Madison entering the She Won tournament, the 2018 She Won tournament. She picks up a win over Millie McKenzie. But she loses matches against Jamie Hayter and Piper Niven. And it's Jamie who goes on to win the whole tournament. Two months later, in January of 2019, Madison announces that she'll be taking time off from in-ring action. 
She has some nagging problems from her last surgery that she's been dealing with, but she'll keep working backstage, keep working, working as a coach at PWA and at the training school. She also, as like we said, can, she clearly doesn't like to be bored. She starts making wrestling gear for other wrestlers. She's already made her own gear her entire career, and now she's designing and sewing gear for other wrestlers as well. She says she'll be taking significant time off. Nobody really knows what that means. Odds are Madison doesn't really know what that means when she says it either in January. August 20, 2019, she does return to the range for a Rumble in the PWA. Just a brief appearance. And then that winter, the winter of 2019 to 2020, she wrestles three matches, but that's it, just three matches. The last one being February 15th, 2020, PWA Black Label. It's Madison taking on the future WWE superstar Grayson Waller. Madison picks up the win in the final match of her career. Multiple surgeries on her left knee have caused a long rehab, which turned in, as we've seen, <laughs> just always turns into a maternity leave because in 2021, Madison gives birth to her fourth child. But to date, she has not wrestled another match since. Now, Shimmer has also closed its doors. And when Shimmer closed up shop in November 2021, Madison goes into the record books for most days as Shimmer champion at 799. Madison hasn't wrestled any matches in the coming up on three years since her last one. Four years now, actually, since her last one. But she is still very much involved in the future of Australian pro wrestling. PWA Black Label is still promotion. They continue to thrive. They run shows monthly. They are championing intergender wrestling in Australia. This past October, just a couple of months ago, Jessica Troy became the first woman to hold the PWA championship, which has always been held by men. Jessica Troy became the first woman to make history in that regard. The Pro Wrestling Academy that Madison runs continues to create the next generation of wrestlers. Madison currently runs it with Robbie Eagles. The two of them are head trainers. And people like Shaz McKenzie and Jessica Troy are part of the support staff as well. Almost every woman come out of Australia the past 20 years has come up under Madison's influence. She has personally trained Shaz McKenzie, Jessica Troy, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Charlie Evans, Steph DeLander, Grayson Waller, like a who's almost every woman, a bunch of men as well. Whether or not she's retired is still a question mark. She'll be turning 40 this June. She's a mother of four. That takes a lot of time, as you'd imagine. She's running this school. She's running this promotion. But she will not officially rule out an in-ring return. So we still have a lot of questions there as to whether or not she could be back in the ring someday. And who knows? Madison already gifted her name to two other eagles, Ryan and Robbie, who built legacies for themselves. And this year, I believe, her first daughter, her firstborn, will be turning 18. I have no idea if, if she has any interest in pro wrestling at all, but there's always a chance that there could be a future Eagles somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. As for Madison, I go back to this 2010 interview that she did with the Women of Wrestling podcast, where she said, there's no grand plan whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just going with what life and wrestling are throwing at me. 
I just continually want to get better. Wherever that takes me, I have no idea. As long as I try to continue to improve and get out there, try to travel a bit more, work with different companies, see what I can do, I'm happy to go wherever it takes me. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening and for sticking with us. If you've never seen a Madison Eagles match, there's a bunch on YouTube. Go track them down. They don't disappoint. If you were already a Madison fan, hopefully we dropped a couple of fun tidbits in there that you didn't know before. If there's anything really cool or interesting that we missed, if you know the origin of some of these things, some question marks that I have that I couldn't find the answers to, please get at us. Podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at gritglitterpod. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gritglitterpod. <sighs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> We're tired. We're a horse. It's, uh, it's 11 o'clock at night, but in Australia, it's like four in the afternoon. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Madison, for inspiring us. Thank you for constantly sending me gifts on Pokemon Go. You're my favorite Australian pro wrestler friend on Pokemon Go. (laughs) We'll be back next week to watch and discuss TNA's return to pay-per-view with Hard to Kill. And we'll be back hopefully not too long with the next installment of our series, Living Legends.